Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? Well, I'm feeling great. Good. You feel so good, no complaints. I am. I'm on a bunch of hopium. Hopium. Yes. It's going around. I've got hope. Today, you, that's good. You've always been a hopeful person. That's have, what I've you know? liked about you. You balance me out because I'm the opposite of hope. Yeah. Whatever the opposite of hope is. And even when I'm going through a rough patch and people are dogging me <laughs> every day, every day I'm just trudging through the trenches. Yeah. You know, I still have that just little little bit of optimism. Trudging through the trenches. Yeah. That's, okay. That's exactly right. Every day he's so, trudging. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's um, it's White Pill Wednesday, by the way. That's the day of the week where we tell you about good things that are happening. All right. Maybe it's some new technological innovations. Maybe it's some new healthcare breakthroughs that there've been, or maybe it's seen some stuff in society and culture moving in the right direction every once in a while. It's all sorts of stuff like that. We talk about all the negativity every other day of the week. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got a good white pill for you real quick. You know that company, BetterHelp? Oh, yeah. They are going to be sponsoring this show all the way through the end of 2022. Well, how about that? That is some good stuff right there. If you're not using BetterHelp, which I know that this episode doesn't really make you want to use BetterHelp because it's like, oh, everything's okay. That's right. But when you finally realize that all we're doing today is lying... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then maybe you'll realize that if you want to feel better, you'll go to betterhelp.com slash GML. That wasn't really like an official ad or anything, but that has me feeling pretty good. I, I, yeah. They must like the show. Now, I'm not actually saying they like the show. Okay. I don't know anyone Makes from the me company. feel like I'm addicted to hopiates. I think what they've noticed <laughs> is that libertarians need better help. Yeah. That's... Okay. The numbers <laughs> must be really good. Yeah. So all of you deranged libertarians out there, <laughs> go get your brain fixed at betterhelp.com slash GML. I still use it. That was an it's, actual white pill, but it, it did just sound like an ad. Yeah. You know, I still use it though. It's, it's cool that they bought ads all the way through the end of next year. Um, and that's good for me because I still use them. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's really good. I use Nate sometimes too. Yeah. So I call my therapist and I call Nate and I have <laughs> two different therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. And, I should start uh, charging. No. <laughs> you already do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You pay some way. Yeah. There's always some way that you pay. Nothing's but, free. You know, it's good to have those conversations. It's, it's not good to just have all those thoughts running around. You've got to get them off your chest. you got to get them out. you got to say it or it's going to eat you alive, all right? Don't let that Mm-mm. dragon grow into a bigger dragon under your rug in the living room. That's mm-hmm. one of the Jordan Peterson's rules. <laughs> <laughs> verbatim yeah that's what it is under your bed in the living room all right let's go let's get going with the white pills because it's roughly 83 degrees in the office right now well, it's and it's not hot in here at all i can't do this for long you're it's, right and it, i i love it because some people freeze to death and we're not gonna freeze to I death today i want to be grateful yeah I'm, i was talking to you about that th- earlier this week about how grateful i am mm-hmm. for all these wonderful things i am lucky to be in an 85 degree office. Some people don't even have an office. That's true. That's true. Some people's air conditioning is broken all the time. 
or they just don't even have it, mm-hmm. you know? So we're experiencing what some people experience all the time, and that's okay. Next week, by the way, on White Pill Wednesday, we're going to have Joe and Norberg, which is going to be a great conversation. It's going to be a, a ridiculous White Pill Wednesday. It's like the whitest pill Wednesday we've done because he's the expert on this stuff. A lot of the stuff we talk about probably comes from Joe and Norbert. So I'm excited about that. Okay, let's go with the first one right here. So Barry Weiss, who used to be with New York Times, you might hear her out there talking about how crazy the media has gone, how crazy the journalists have gone, the, the, the wokeism, the censorship, the cancel culture, all that stuff. She, along with a lot of other people, are starting a new university in Texas. I think that that's pretty cool. Called tits? <laughs> no, this is not the Elon Musk oh, University. Okay, okay. This is the one that Barry Weiss is working on. So I'm going to be uh, reading a little bit from her Substack where she discussed this. And she said, we can't wait for universities to fix themselves. So we're starting a new one. Now that is some initiative right there. That is... There's What's a problem. Substack again? Is that like Slack? Isn't it like no, Slack? No, it's like a blog. It's like a, where you write stuff and people can some subscribe for whatever like, amount like they medium. want to. So like yeah, yeah, another like one? medium, something like that. I thought Substack was similar to Slack, though. Like you could have like or like a Discord. I have no idea. I've never. I'm subscribed to a couple of people's uh, Substacks, but I've never been on there. <laughs> So, okay, she said, so much is broken in America, but higher education might be the most fractured institution of all. Can we actually claim that the pursuit of truth, once the central purpose of university, remains the highest virtue? Do we honestly believe that the crucial means to that end, freedom of inquiry and civil discourse, prevail when illiberalism has become a pervasive feature of campus life? So she's she really, really likes freedom of speech a lot and not so much this crazy cancel culture thing or people deciding what wrong think is, things that you can't say anymore, things that you can't do anymore. Over a third of conservative academics and PhD students say they have been threatened with disciplinary action for their views. Four out of five American PhD students are willing to discriminate against right-leaning scholars, according to a report by the Center for Study of Partisanship and Ideology. It's a thing. You get, you need a job. Go to the Center for the Study of Partisanship and Ideology. Mm-hmm. They need people over there. We had they keep firing people. We had we had thought such censoriousness was possible only under oppressive regimes in distant lands. But it turns out that fear can become endemic in a free society. It it can become most acute in the one place the university is supposed to defend the right to think the unthinkable, discuss the unmentionable, and challenge the unchallengeable. Also comedy. (laughs) Comedy is another place where that... Yeah, where that takes place. Supposed to have some freedom of speech when it comes to that, too. Yeah, over the last three decades, the cost of a degree from a four-year private college has nearly doubled. The cost of a degree from public university has nearly tripled. Let me say that again one more time. The cost of a degree from a four-year private college has nearly doubled. The cost of a degree from a public university has nearly tripled. The nation's students owe $1.7 trillion in loans. It's not, that, it's not just that we are failing students as individuals, we are failing the nation. Our democracy is faltering in significant part because our educational system has become illiberal and is producing citizens and leaders who are incapable and unwilling to participate in the core activity of democratic governance. And what she is pointing at there 
is that if you're worried about the democracy, well, for us to have a democracy and, uh, you know, say and think all the normal, obvious things that we say about democracy, I guess I could have just said those instead of instead of saying that right there. I tell you what, I know this is white pill, but this is a, a scathing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. damning piece of paper. It is. It is. It's, it's a scathing white paper. <laughs> it issued is. on White Pill Wednesday because obviously what she's doing about this is uh, is good. That's the white pill. But yeah. man, this paper, that's I see what you did here. Yeah. You were able to bring in negativity. Negativity in encompassed in the positivity. white pill is that someone is actually putting a solution into action instead of just complaining about what the problem is. So I said, uh, our project became, uh, began with a small gathering of those concerned about the state of higher education. Niall Ferguson, Barry Weiss, Heather Hying, Joe Lonsdale, Arthur Brooks. You guys don't, none of those names really matter. Uh, we count, they did mention Dorian Abbott in here, who was the professor that was canceled uh, at MIT because he had said that he didn't like affirmative action. We had talked about that mm. a few weeks ago. Uh, we count among our numbers, university presidents, Robert Zimmer, Larry Summers, is in there and a whole bunch of other people. So listen, like Charlie just said, the white pill about this is that there's a really large black pill, which is the state of the universities and uh, the state of free speech and free thought. And the white pill is that someone is trying to fix this. They're not just going to complain about it on the Twitter machine. They're just going to start a new college. I think that's awesome. I think it's great. Now, what I'm wondering about is, uh, well, I think eventually we'll move away from this, but are they going to get the accreditation they would need? You know, will the businesses accept a degree from this university if they don't have the proper accreditation, all that sorts of stuff? Eventually we're going to move away from that because what the businesses care most about is that people are actually good at their jobs and yeah. and they'll see, hey, they people are about, good at their jobs. They care about value and production. Yeah. That's what they actually care about. Yeah. Because I can tell you what, I don't have one of them there pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. No one accredited gave me any sort of permission yep. to apply for anything. And I can tell you, uh, I, I don't think, I can think of one interview I did where I wasn't offered the job. Nice. That's it. That's good. So and It was the interview for I've my had, new podcast that's coming out next week. I've had, <laughs> <laughs> I've had plenty of, you know, in business, I've had plenty of people say no. Uh, but as far as like landing a job with no college degree whatsoever mm-hmm. on applications that required a, po- a college degree, I filled it out anyway. And it turns out if you produce that, they still like you. That's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. Hey, there's a separate white pill hoping, right there. I was hoping Jordan Peterson was start his online university. He was talking about that for a while. Um, I think competition's a great thing. I, I would agree I'll, with that. Yeah. Um, the next thing here, by the way, we like to throw in some new health innovations into the White Pill Wednesday because there's a lot of really cool advances in modern science that are coming out from time to time that could really make people's lives a whole lot better. All right. And there is a really big problem, which is diabetes that someone's got a really cool solution for. And I'll tell you a personal story after Charlie mm. tells everyone what's going on. Love personal stories. This from the Good News Network, y'all. That's a good place to check out if you are all about that good news. Sweat collecting patch inspired by cactus spines eliminates need for diabetics to prick for blood. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, especially for 
people like my dad and we got AA Ron in here, old Nips McCoy. Probably other people too that mm-hmm. haven't disclosed their medical information to us. A sweat collecting patch has been developed using the principle based on how the cactus spines attract water. Sweat is an effective body fluid for analyzing bio analytes in the body without collecting your cursors right there. So I'm oh, like, my bad. Bio, bio, okay. <laughs> bio in the body without collecting blood. The sweat sensor can reduce the hassle for diabetic patients who repeatedly have to draw blood and can also be used in wearable devices for daily healthcare monitoring. However, That's other things, not even just mm. your blood and diabetes. However, the practical use of sweat sensors has always been impeded by irregular and low sweat secretion rates until now. We're going to make a rainforest sweaty in here. Mm-hmm. A research team has recently developed a skin-attachable patch that quickly collects sweat by mimicking the principle behind cactus spines. Cacti, which grow in arid environments, move water droplets that form on the tip of their spines to their base in order to survive. During this process, the fine water droplets move due to the difference in pressure acting on the inside and outside of the curved surface of the water droplet. This phenomenon is called the lap, lapless pressure. Who I'm learning, learning something new today. Who knew how smart cacti were? If you're ever on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and they're acting, they're asking about the the science behind how cactuses, cacti, move water from the tips mm-hmm. to the body. You're going to be able to answer that, and it might make you a million dollars. All right? It's called either Lap- Laplace lapless? or lapless, Lap- lapless pressure. I don't know. Through this, a sweat droplet on the wedge pattern surface spontaneously moves to the wide end of the wedge pattern because the lapless pressure difference between the front and the back surfaces of the droplet is maximized. Got to maximize your lapless pressure. Mm-hmm. Got to make it okay. efficient. Quote, difficulties in collecting sweat has hindered its use in wearable healthcare devices. Explain this professor. <laughs> he added. Uh, I, can, I agree with that decision. Yeah, Kill Wan Cho. There's nothing wrong with that. It's name. the all caps word that really makes it yeah. look confusing in there. He added, this newly developed patch solves that issue by quickly collecting sweat and facilitating its use in various wearable healthcare devices, including blood sugar monitoring. I think, I know that this is like, oh, this is weird. Why are we talking about this? But there are a lot of people who have to worry about sticking themselves with a little needle every single day Mm -hmm. and getting some blood out of there. It scares me to death. Like when I go to check mine, I'm terrified of needles. Mm -hmm. Hate them. Hate them with a passion. Hate them worse than communism. Mm -hmm. Communism, needles, right up there on the same level. I used to prick my finger just to see what it was like. I did it a few times. But every time you go to do it, you're like... Yeah, it's scary. Like, I know this is going to hurt a little bit. Like, it doesn't hurt that bad, but I know it's going to hurt a little bit. And then, um, personal story, did you know that I used to work for a little healthcare company that was selling diabetic supplies? I sure did, man. Yeah, I did that. I was there for about two weeks. I was going to say, two months? Yeah, I only had like, you know, three dress-up outfits, and it just got really annoying doing laundry all the time. So, (laughs) no, what actually happened was we were were selling... um, Within two weeks, you gave it up. (laughs) Yeah. We were selling these uh, these blood sugar tests and the meters and all that, and it turns out the company you were also selling pumps and, <laughs> and pumps. I was not I was not a pump salesman, but they did sell. Oh, you pumps. weren't qualified. Yeah, um, I was not a qualified pump salesman. <laughs> no, um, I, uh, it turns out the advertising for this company was kind of shady. And in their advertising, they had made it sound like you wouldn't have to prick your fingers anymore. You wouldn't have to stick yourself with a needle anymore to get blood. 
And we had a lot of people that came in and bought those because I saw the commercial, mostly just really old people who were sitting there watching Prices Right and then saw a commercial for this afterwards. So a lot of people came in and bought it. And I would do customer service and I would have people calling me upset because they still had to prick themselves because they said you didn't have to prick your fingers anymore. What they meant was you could prick your forearm or you prick different spots, all different spots on your body. Well, they took it as you wouldn't need to use a needle and make yourself bleed multiple mm-hmm. times a day. And one time I had this lady call crying because she, she was like 70 years old. She thought that she wasn't going to have to prick herself anymore to, to test her blood sugar. And she was just so upset asking me how to use the thing. And I was like, well, you still got to stick yourself. You know, you just don't have to prick your fingers. And I was so good at customer service that she was trying to call and cancel. Her son got on the phone and yelled at me a little bit. And then I talked them into staying with the company and ordering more supplies <laughs> while we were on the phone. That's how good I was at yeah. it. And I immediately sent an email to my boss and quit right after that because yeah. I felt so terrible. And that was it. Yeah. But I hope her new supplies helped her out. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope know? She, I hope she can take advantage of this. The company has since closed. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they're not there anymore. Okay. Anyway, I felt so terrible about it. I, I left. I walked out probably yeah. 15 minutes after that. You're phone like, call. I'm really good at my job, but this is not, this does not line up with my principles. Yeah. And so, so, so anyway, this whole idea of, you're lying to these people. I was well, and I no, they were, they were using deceptive marketing tactics mm-hmm. like, Oh, you don't have to prick your finger anymore to check your blood sugar. Well, like an old person watching that, it's like, Oh wow, this new scientific innovation that gave me the cell phone and, and cars also came up with a way that they don't need to test your blood sugar anymore. So they would call in and buy the stuff. And it turns out like, Oh, you just, you know, prick your hand instead <laughs> like not your finger yeah you know it was um it was uh it, it was very shady and i didn't like it very much so when i saw this i was like that lady if she is still among us is going to be so happy about this you know and i Look, wish i'm i'm optimistic okay so i <laughs> i think she is still with us joe all right we're gonna get um okay we're gonna get on to a little bit of v- vaccination stuff it never ends. It it doesn't ever it never end. Ends. No, it doesn't I think end. We talked about that at the beginning of this pandemic about how we would. This was something we would talk about forever, mm-hmm. every single day. I made the predictions to to every my wife that we'd day. still be fighting about this stuff as a society well into this year. Mm-hmm. She thought I was crazy. Here it is, November. Yeah, here it is, November. Everybody's getting canceled. From the Hill. Now, the reason this is a white pill to me is because as our society gets crazier and crazier. And we have all these thoughts about the vaccines or anti-vaccines or mandates or whatever it is. What we do need are people that a lot of people listen to and look up to and prominent members in society. That aren't complicit with their silence. Yes, exactly. For them to speak out and just say something rational every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. And maybe they'll they'll get just a little seed semi-rational. of rationality. We're semi-rational. Just We're not asking for bit, a whole lot. Just not completely irrational. Mm-hmm. But I still love those people because it's White Pill Wednesday. Exactly. Matthew McConaughey comes out against vaccine mandates for kids. All right. Now, wow, that's a what a monumental thing to not mm. think that you should force the kids to have a vaccine against something that they're at almost no risk. It's like of, being uh, against poverty. Yeah. <laughs> <It does. laughs> that's true. 
Yeah, it is. He took a leap on this one. This is big. <laughs> this is a big deal. But it is, I mean, in this culture, it is a big deal. Yeah. So. But yeah, and that's how crazy things have that's gotten. Why. It's like, this is the news. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey doesn't think we should mandate the COVID vaccine for children. Yeah. Ah. Let's recheck the science. His Twitter feed supplied hundreds of dumb bleeps. Oh, did it? Hundreds of them. <laughs> so many good dumb bleeps. But we're not going to talk about those. These are white pills. Mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey says that while he's received his COVID-19 shot, now that is something people have to do to qualify that they are allowed to talk about vaccine mandates, Mm -hmm. is say, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. That's what you're saying when you say that. And I understand why people say that. And I think it's valuable, actually. The closest I've gotten to getting my shot was when I thought that it would help me argue with people better. That was it. And hair loss. And the hair loss thing. That was well that was well past that. But no, I literally, I considered getting vaccinated so people wouldn't say that I was an anti-vaxxer when I was talking about not being in favor of the mandates. But then I realized not being in favor of the mandates, I could just really not be in favor of it. But you can still you can still get vaccinated and be not in favor of people being forced to do things. You Point. can. Point in case, moi. I know. So anyway, he says that he's received his COVID-19 shot. He's against mandating that his children get vaccinated. Quote, I couldn't mandate having... (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't mandate having to vaccinate the younger kids. I still want to find out more information. The Interstellar actor said Tuesday when asked... uh, I like how they pick one movie. I know. They say one thing. The interstellar actor. The the Lincoln car commercial actor said Tuesday (laughs) when asked at the New York Times Dealbook Summit about his stance on childhood vaccinations. The FDA authorized... Why didn't they say like the Wolf of Wall Street actor or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, The FDA has authorized it for children from 5 to 11. Emergency use from 5 to 11. It's an emergency, by the way. And they only... Did they only authorize Pfizer's? Hmm? They only authorize Pfizer's? So far. Yeah, so far for kids, pretty sure. The McConaughey, the one that works the worst. Uh, McConaughey, <laughs> who's repeatedly floated a possible campaign against Texas Governor Greg Abbott, indicated he's not opposed to vaccinations, but would be against requiring them. He said, I'm vaccinated. My wife's vaccinated. I didn't do it because someone told me I had to. I chose to do it. He told Times Andrew Ross Sorkin. All right. He added that his children right now, I'm not vaccinating mine. I'll tell you that. All right. So anyway, anyhow, he also talked a little bit about the abortion law, saying that it was, uh, what did he say? Overly aggressive. He said it doesn't seem to open up the room for a sensible choice to be made at the right time. You missed the best line here, though. When he said he's quarantined harder than his friends. (laughs) Man, Look, no one quarantines as hard as I do. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm the hardest quarantiner there is. Okay. (laughs) All right. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, quarantined harder. The thing that's important about this as, is if we're going to have a change in society towards, say, not thinking that everyone who would be against mandating this for children is some kind of crazy whack job, right wing supremacist theorist, theorist, then you're going to need some sensible people and some people that are highly admired to come out and say stuff like this. Another funny thing was Alyssa Milano posted a <laughs> posted a vote on her Twitter. Will you be vaccinated your five to eleven children? 
6% said right away, 2% said when it's mandated, 92% said never. <laughs> <laughs> and that's out of 173,000 votes on yeah. Alyssa Milano's yeah. Twitter feed. Now that's, you know, obviously some people jumped in there, took it over, which would be illegal in the UK pretty soon, probably mm-hmm. piling in there. Probably a lot of people shared it that were against that. You know, I don't think that her, I don't think that her fan base is that heavily against the vaccines, but mm-hmm. it is good to see some. And you know, she left it up there. I was surprised. I saw Nicole post a screenshot of this in the uh, live group, and I was like, "Well, that's going to be gone by the time I go to it. It's not going to be there anymore." No, oh, still there. Still there. So when does it uh, close? Oh, that's final result. Final result. That's final results. What also? Um, this is totally unrelated, but it, it's related in Twitter poll only, um, and I think it's a white pill. Now, although the the Twitter poll for Elon Musk's uh, 10% of Tesla top stock sale, although that was voted yes, I was actually encouraged to see 42% of people voted no. Out of over, what was it, 5 million votes? It was a lot. 42% actually voted no. I was, I was actually encouraged by that. I was like, okay, it wasn't the vote I wanted, but I was encouraged that 42% of those 5 million people, so almost a little over 2 million people, were smart enough to know that's a yeah. really dumb, dumb idea. And the other three million people were all accounts that Michael Burry had made, because <laughs> yeah. you know? mm-hmm. he was short on Tesla. That's right. Um, one more, just to, we're going to finish up the vaccine thing here. I just thought it'd be cool to tie all this together. So why don't we just listen to a little bit of what Aaron Rodgers had to say about this? This still goes along the lines of if we're going to have to have people in society that people look up to and that people admire coming out and and being brave and saying sensible things out there. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, some of them will have that little seed planted in their mind. Well, and this goes back to what um, what Jordan Peterson talks a lot about when it comes to Alexander Solzhenitsyn. When Alexander Solzhenitsyn was asked, you know, why communism was able to take hold of, of Russia, he said it was because of a lie. Mm-hmm. And what that includes... What that includes are those not willing to speak the truth or speak up when things are going awry. Yeah. And he said that he, he was one of those. He was complicit along, right along with everything, everyone else. So this is a really good lesson we could learn um, to, to speak the truth. I was presented with this opportunity as well. I was um, the, the guys I was in business with still listen to this podcast, but I was presented with a, Hey, you can't, um, you can't really be a part of this business and do your podcast at the same time because our market is very left leaning, mm-hmm. and this could be bad for business. Yeah. yeah, and I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I wasn't willing to forego me being able to talk about my thoughts. Yeah, there you go. That's, I like it, and that was a decision that I made. Well, let's um, let's see what A. Ron had to say about this. I thought he said a few good things in here, so let's see why he did not get the vaccine it's because he's a a right-wing conspiracy theorist is what it is i don't even need to listen to the video obviously that's what it is wisconsin yeah he's got maga tattooed across Mm -hmm. his chest right here so maga yeah that's good by the way it's easy you can add the a pretty exactly yeah that's easy (laughs) rhymes are both verbs had there been a follow-up to my statement that i've been immunized i would have responded uh, with this, I would have said, look, I'm not, you know, some sort of anti-vax flat earther. 
Um, I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, you guys know me. I march to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed, you know, group of individuals who say you have to do something. Health is not a one-size-fits-all for everybody. And for me, it involved a lot of study in the off-season, much like the study I put into Host and Jeopardy or the weekly study I put into Playing of the Game. I put a lot of time and energy and research and met with a lot of different people in the medical field to get the most information about the vaccines before making a decision. Listen, he's like it or not, and I don't like it. He's going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks that there's that there's ever been. I hate the guy. Can't though, stand him. Even though they, you know, the refs handed the <laughs> that playoff game to them in 2014. Yeah. yeah. Even though that. Never forget Dez's catch. He Dez caught it, and we all know that Dez caught the ball. It's clearly obvious that Dez caught the ball. Mm-hmm. But this is White Pill Wednesday. Throw up the X. Okay. And the White Pill is that we all know that Dez caught the ball. Exactly. Okay. That's how I rest easy at night. Is knowing that it was a catch. Yeah. And okay. next year, it was a catch, by the way. <laughs> it's still a catch. The, they changed the rule next it's year. Even, it's even more a catch now. Well, he also, he, he went on to say, uh, either further in this clip or some other clips, he went on to elaborate about how, where he's at with his family right now. And his next great adventure in life is being a father. And he said, there, are, there have been no studies done on long-term infertility or fertility or anything like that. And, and his his job is to be a family and so he's taken he's doing what most rational people do which is taking all the factors into consideration and deciding for himself doing like a risk reward analysis which is how it should be yeah my god i don't understand how we live sorry never mind i i was going to go on a rant there you can we'll allow it you have 30 seconds i just well i just don't understand how we live in a society where it's it feels illegal to be a rational human being. Yeah. And and you have folks out there saying, well, we have to, we have to have mandates because idiots won't get it. It's like, well, how do you know they're dumb? You know, you don't know they're dumb. Well, you, one important thing is that you should always, you should always accept the fact that you might be wrong. You have to consider that you might be wrong. And that is something that a lot of people won't do. And I, we were just talking yesterday, the day before, something like that. Um, I have, I have honestly considered things like socialism and all that. I've honestly considered those things. I've honestly considered whether or not private businesses have the right to mandate vaccines. I've honest, like, legitimately considered whether or not I was wrong on those things, and and that is something that people refuse to do because the idea that they could be wrong is like the the craziest worst thing that they don't, I don't even know if they think about it as an option it's like whatever i think it's right you just know that whatever i happen to think right now and maybe you'll find it out later maybe it comes from being wrong enough times that you'll find out well i used to be super sure about myself and then i found out that i was wrong about something and you know he did the same thing that a lot of other people do which is i'm not an anti-vaxxer all right i ain't some kind of I ain't some kind of right winger over here. Not a flat earther. I'm not a flat earther. If you're anti-vaxxer, flat earther, same same thing. Same, same. Same, same. No difference there. And he had to qualify that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
He had Literally. to. And that's what it requires in today's society, because you can't say that you're against vaccine mandates without people assuming that you're that you think vaccines are bad for society. Mm -hmm. If it's something that might be good for people, then we must mandate it and force it on other people. If you don't think that we should force it on other people, then you clearly are Mm anti-science. And that's not the way that we should look at things. You got to do your own risk reward. And by the way, white pill for you. If, uh, if you're, if you're vaccinated, here's the good news. You got a way lower chance of dying from COVID than from a lot of other things, your chance of dying from COVID is 0.002%, something like that. And that's not if you get COVID. I'm saying like just in your general life, you're living your life. What's the chance you're going to die from COVID? The chance is still really, really low. If you do get COVID, it's, it's very low. And something like 1% of vaccinated people have gotten the breakthrough infections and like 0.4% of those people have died. You know, it's still, it's still really good as far as the chances go. And that means that we've been left with people making a choice. If you're, his teammates are vaccinated, then they are pretty safe. They're very safe. They're probably safer when it comes to COVID than they are from tons of other things, especially considering the fact that they hit people for a living. Your biggest risk in life is your own heart. Yeah, I know. Attacking and killing you. I know folks. I just listened to that today. It's so good. On the way over here. It's so good. Yeah. So anyway, we believe in personal choice, personal responsibility, body autonomy. Yeah. That is very important. Now, um, we can keep going if you want to. I was going to wrap this up with this last last little bit here, which I think is cool. It's something that I I know I've been saying, at least on this podcast for two years, um, is that it's coming. It's It's, coming. Yeah. And it's here and it's cool. And all the people, um, which is a huge industry, by the way, millions of jobs in the trucking industry, you better watch out. Mm-hmm. You better unbuckle that belt, <laughs> that seat belt, and go get some skills. Yeah. Okay. Go to go to tits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go to the tech tech to institute of technology and sciences. <laughs> all right. From CNBC, Walmart is using fully driverless trucks to ramp up its online grocery business. Mm. Walmart said Monday it has started using fully driverless trucking in its online grocery business, aiming to increase capacity and reduce inefficiencies. Walmart and Silicon Valley startup Gatic, which I didn't even know existed, by the way. Yeah, I never heard of them. uh, Said that since August, they've operated two autonomous box trucks without a safety driver on a seven-mile loop daily for 12 hours. The Gatic trucks are loaded with online grocery orders from a Walmart fulfillment center called a Dark Store. The orders, the orders are then taking, taken to a nearby Walmart neighborhood market grocery store in Bentonville, Arkansas, where Walmart is headquartered. Quote, we're thrilled to be working with Gatic to achieve this industry-first driverless milestone. <laughs> Walmart Senior Vice President Tom Ward said in a news release about the project, through our work with Gatic, we've identified the auto- that autonomous box trucks offer an efficient, safe, and sustainable solution for transporting goods on repeatable routes between our stores. Taking the driver out is the holy grail of this technology. Now, maybe that's not a good quote for them. I'm just saying, like, from a PR standpoint. Mm-hmm. Having taking, the trust... Taking the driver out is the holy grail. <laughs> having the trust from the world's largest retailer has been a massive boost for what we do and is a validation for our technology, our solution, our progress. So, pretty neat. Yeah, it's... A lot of people would look at this as not a good thing because they'll, talk, they'll think about the jobs that are going to be 
lost mm-hmm. by people who drive trucks for a living. But this is going to happen. This is inside of the natural progression of technology. Things are going to be driverless. And especially with stuff like our supply chain crisis that we have right now, and then not being able to find truck drivers for whatever reasons there are. Uh, when you when you go to driverless trucks, they're going to fix a lot of the issues. Now, the, the annoying part is a lot of the issues are government DOT created issues. And then that's unfortunate because the DOT might actually be forcing people out of work by pushing us into a new innovation, which is driverless trucks. But um, I, this could be a really good thing right now when we're having an issue getting deliveries, getting products to the store shelves, getting products to people. And the, well, the, look, inefficiency makes the price cheaper, mm, by the way, folks. Efficiency. That's what I meant. Yeah. Reducing inefficiencies. Yes. Makes the price cheaper. And that's what we should be shooting for, which, by the way, helps out more than just truck drivers. It helps out the entire United States. Okay. Yeah. And so with, with, especially with prices going up, like Nate's saying with inflation and stuff, the more that we can do to create efficiencies and and reduce waste and all kinds of things. I mean, it's just going to make the world a better place for, for everyone. That frees up uh, those people to do something that's actually more valuable for their time. It might not be what they want to do, you know, but I really wanted to be a lamplighter when I was growing up, and it turns out the streetlights are all electric now, you know? And you still cry about it to I'm this day. I'm still upset. I thought I was going to be a lamplighter, Charlie. Mm-hmm. He's been. I wanted to be a lamplighter, and on the side, I was going to do gig work, delivering milk. Because your father before him was a lamplighter? And his father before and him? His father, yeah. I you were just, trying to carry on the torch. Literally. I thought this was my destiny. You know, yeah. and and so it turns out it's not because that wouldn't be the most the most efficient use of my time, and it's better for the economy when all the people that are working and being productive are doing the most efficient thing for their time. So let's stop wasting our time here. If we can have the trucks drive themselves, then there are a lot of people that could be out there on the streets fighting socialism. You know, eventually you won't even need stuff. me and Nate here to do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just well, be a hostless podcast. Yeah, exactly. It'll be more efficient. <laughs> it'll be on the same time every day. It might even be in the morning. I could a we could just AI the podcast and I'll just type in what we would say, you know, and then it, they will create our voices. That's less efficient. I think. That's right. It would take me type. longer to do that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'll, we'll let the computer come up with it. Exactly. No, it'll know exactly what to type. S- the computer just needs to study us for like a month mm-hmm. and it'll know what to say every day. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that we'll I'll have a, Charlie say that he's vaccinated. I'll we'll me get, say that I'm unvaccinated. We'll just feed it a little bit of news yeah. every day <laughs> and it'll talk how we talk. We'll put the news stories into it. And exactly. Then that's yeah. all. That's the only parameter it needs. Yeah. So <laughs> just stay tuned are, for that. We already sound like robots 0.875% of the time. <laughs> I'm glad it's not 1% of the time. Exactly. So, Anyway. All right. If you all enjoyed today's show, then please hit that subscribe button or follow button, the plus sign in your Apple podcast app. Leave us a rating and review on there while you're at it in the Apple, old Apple podcast place mm-hmm. on that little metaverse there. <laughs> and uh, then share the show. Share it with a friend, a colleague. There's a share button right there in the same app. Same app. It's right there. Right there. You don't have to go to another app to no, share something. just hit share. And eventually we'll have... Um, you know, non-human sharing this this show, which would be nice. You know, everything's going to go AI soon. The numbers are still up, by the way. We're up 7.5% since last month, which was up 
20, I don't know, percent and from the previous month, which was up 40% from the month before that. Mm-mm-mm. So it's Love good. the growth. Still growing. Share it with your friends, your family, and the children. If you guys do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty. <laughs>